January 7th, 2024. First month of the year. We're going to talk about the courage to change. My colleague and seminary friend Nan Hutton recently published an article titled Change Chronic Patterns of Thought. And it really grabbed me because I was writing the sermon and there she was reminding me that although it had a sense that there's nothing new under the sun, it's always good to be reminded that we can change. She writes that patterns of thought become beliefs and habits and that for herself as a scientific person, she creates something new every time she discovers something new. She's able to tell a new story. In her article, she shares that famous quote attributed to Albert Einstein that says, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I love that quote. I do that all the time. She continues to say that during the winter solstice, she did this ritual during which she spent time just looking back and thinking about the past year, what worked, what didn't. As she reflected on her own narrative, on her own patterns, and her desire for a new future, in a new story, she realized that nothing changes until we change. It is the new year and everywhere there are messages about change and transformation. Many of us have rituals and traditions for the new year. Some include making resolutions. Others are more embodied. For example, for my family, it's eating those 12 grapes and making a wish for every month eating lentils for good luck, running around the house carrying suitcases so that hopefully we'll travel in the new year, wearing yellow or red undergarments, and for my family living in Brazil, jumping into the ocean backwards. <laughs> I know, it's amazing, that feeling of just falling back and having the ocean water hold you and you throw white roses into the ocean for Mother Yemanya to show love and gratitude for her protection. To be sure there is something magical and mysterious and promising about the new year. It can feel like walking through a threshold and being in between, hoping for another chance to experience the potentiality of time offering us the opportunity to recalibrate, redirect our course, not just geographically, but spiritually. Being on the verge of the new year can also feel overwhelming. When we look back, we might experience the resurfacing of grief, regret, and the fear of time passing itself. Almost everywhere around the world, most people mark the new year by looking back and looking forward, remembering, pouring libations to honor their loved ones who are no longer on this earth, perhaps missing the ones who are far away or estranged, reaching out to those nearby for a hug and a kiss, hoping for blessings of good health, prosperity, and joy in the coming months. And in many countries, after the Christmas celebrations, 
People, especially children, await the arrival of the three kings, los tres reyes magos. In Puerto Rico, on January 5th, the children gather fresh grass to place under their beds along with a bowl of water for the camels so that they would stop at their home and in exchange for this delicious meal and an opportunity to just take a break, they will leave some presents. Celebrating the epiphany is to celebrate also childhood wonder, to marvel at their faith and their joy, to think about the meaning of epiphany, those aha moments, those journeys illuminated by the star of wonder, when we find ourselves desperately looking for a sign, unsure about the road ahead, perhaps fearful and confused. So today we're invited to look back and to reflect on our patterns and our own stories, our own narratives. Can they change? Do we want them to change? Do they need to change? To think about that time before the aha, before the eureka, before the road was completely illuminated and clear, when we did not know and we felt kind of stuck, vulnerable, Perhaps we felt there was really no other choice, no other road, just the one we were walking. I remember feeling deep within myself a quickening, a truth so clear and so terrifying, announcing a new way, writing for myself a new narrative, a new story of who I was and what and who I loved. It was lonely and it was scary, but in the process of interrupting those patterns of thinking about myself and who I was expected to be versus who I was becoming, I found my new story. Coming out as a queer person changed me and everything and everyone around me. There is a song by John Manuel Serrat that has been with me my whole life. And it says in part, Caminante no hay camino, se hace camino al andar. Wonder, pilgrim, there is no road already made. You are making the road as you walk. Cuando el jilguero no puede cantar, cuando el poeta es un peregrino, cuando de nada nos sirve rezar, Caminante no hay camino, se hace camino al andar. When the sparrow cannot sing any longer, when the poet is a refugee, when praying will not help, wanderer, pilgrim, there is no road already made. You are making the road as you walk. And of course, there is the beloved and well-known poem, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost, which describes the two roads, his feeling sorry and not being able to take both, doubting whether he should go back, Imagining himself years later, remembering the moment he decided to take the road less traveled and realizing that that choice in that moment continued to make all the difference in his life. Have you ever felt this way? Do you remember yourself at a crossroads? Who hasn't been at a crossroads? Who hasn't had to make a decision? who hasn't felt that maybe there is no choice, 
This is what's before me. Maybe it meant leaving a relationship or leaving a job, moving, adopting a new spiritual practice, acknowledging the changes that come with aging or a new health condition, deciding to have children, deciding not to have children, coming to terms with not being able to have children, losing children, stepping up to becoming adoptive parents or grandparents while going through menopause, rethinking our feelings about a person or a situation and changing our minds about them, changing our names so that our names reflect our true selves, coming out of the closet for the first time or the 20th time, or maybe, maybe just experiencing a faint feeling of regret with a deep sigh for the road not taken. What difference can that make? Let's just take a moment to appreciate all the difficult decisions that we've made. All the crossroads that we have been at, looking desperately for that star, looking desperately for a sign. I've often marveled at the singer, this French singer that is still, her voice is still so recognizable, Edith Piaf, who sings, I don't regret anything. I've been known to sing it at the top of my rebellious lungs, sometimes with great conviction as if I wrote those lyrics. And in later years, listening to the same song and wondering, what do I do with the regret that I feel? The word regret comes from the Old Norse to weep. It can also mean to grieve. I always thought it was a bad thing to have regrets. I always thought that it went against my efforts to be mindful, to be in the moment, to be present. That it wastes so much time feeling regret. But now I'm thinking, what if it's a signal that maybe I could have done better? What if it invites me to rethink that situation, to change my mind about that person? Is regret bad because it seems to go against our spiritual practices for being present? Perhaps we have never looked back and tried our best to stay away from feelings of regret that get in the way of enjoying the present. How difficult was it to make that decision? How lonely did you feel? What difference can it make to be in community, to have companions on the journey and to have people around you in that moment when you are looking for a sign and feeling lost and lonely? We're so used to seeing the three kings dressed in royal shiny clothes, their backs upright, riding their camels, holding their gifts in firm hands, following a star that illuminates everything and promises a safe journey. 
But I can imagine them dusty, sweaty, tired, hungry, sitting on the ground, trying to figure out what to do, perhaps debating whether or not to follow that star, thinking about their own families left behind in order to go find this newborn stranger. I can imagine them wishing their gifts that they were carrying were not gold and incense, but clean water, warm blankets, maybe hot soup, food for the camels. What they had was each other to share their fears and concerns and also to offer each other encouragement. Embarking on a new journey, one that can jeopardize friendships, our family's unconditional love and support, our own image of ourselves, it's certainly a very intimate and personal journey, but how wonderful to have a community that will hold us in those moments, to help us rekindle the spark of hope when we most need it, that will reaffirm our commitment to bringing our whole selves wherever we go, a community that holds us when we are weary and will defend our right to making our own path in the world. And just like every individual, this community has shared a narrative about who we are collectively. We are caring and generous and brave and compassionate, creative, dedicated, resilient. And our story also includes deep grief, disappointment, frustration, betrayal, broken trust, divisiveness, demoralization, unwillingness to interrupt those patterns while expecting new and different results. On the threshold of this new year, we hold everything that we are. We honor our shared journey, and we meet each other where we are. And we ask, do we have the courage to change now that we know better? and we can do better. Perhaps together we can look back to retrieve those lessons learned, the memories of the people we met and connected with, the paths we recognized would take us into places of discord or division, blame or shame, and recalling the power of community, changing our course, choosing instead to transform, to have a change of heart. Maya Angelou wrote, do the best you can until you know better. Then, when you know better, do better. When you know better, do better. It implies looking back, reorienting ourselves to a new reality and taking action. Doing better means changing, transforming the way we used to be. Changing our mind and transforming our hearts so we can do something different, write a new story in a new narrative of ourselves, one that we hope will be liberatory and joyful. This past year, we have done a lot of learning together, haven't we? We have journeyed and gotten to know each other more deeply. We've identified the scars, the open wounds, and the paths towards healing. We've learned from Robin Wall Kimmerer and our friends from the Lummi Nation indigenous wisdoms about how to transform the way we relate to nature and each other. 
We've learned from Reverend Michael Slack and Alex Capitan about the Transforming Hearts Collective, which offers us a vision of a world in which queer and trans people can show up fully as ourselves in all of the places we call home, including our congregations. We have learned from C.B. Beale about preemptive radical inclusion, an intervention, an activity and a process that requires reflection and exploration, leading us to make decisions about what our next move will be involving everyone within those spaces where we have leadership responsibility. We learned that radical inclusion means that we challenge what we already believe, the systems that have worked for us and we enjoy, and lean into learning how others experience those systems. We've partnered with indigenous neighbors, welcomed guests participating in the Porchlight program, supported the work of Lambert House, empowering lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender youth. We've collaborated with PFLAG. We've heard powerful testimonies from our own families, from parents who consider parenting their spiritual journey, their spiritual practice, and work diligently to offer their children environments that are liberatory, authentic, and filled with affirmation for curiosity and exploration of self and all the paths before them. We've learned together about repentance and repair and welcome the ongoing challenge to look back to find the lessons, touch the scars, and heal the wounds in order to move forward. We've celebrated with glorious music, joyful dance, invigorating nature hikes, amazing art, and enjoyed fellowship in wonderful community potlucks. We have one right after the service today, so don't go home before you stop by the education building and share some moments with our families. You are welcome. We've welcomed new babies and held each other close at memorial services. We've also welcomed new visitors and been challenged to figure out how we can become more welcoming how we can really transform our hearts and actually practice radical inclusion even before people make it into the sanctuary. In this new year, my prayer for us is that we have the collective courage to not be afraid of some change, to transform our hearts and to heal together. That we may continue to learn together to encourage each other to make the road as we walk, to step into leadership positions, not be afraid to change our minds when justice will not be served. We have a brand new year ahead of us with challenges and opportunities. And now that we know better, may we together do better. May we have the courage to change and write a new story. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yeah. All right. Thank you.